Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate all your support. I love you guys for, for supporting this great cause. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Veracity Networks, iHill Institute, Siegfried and & Jensen, and Wasatch Recovery. Thank you so much for believing in me. We've had such amazing guests on, and today is going to be no different. Today we are joined by Rick Hyland. Rick, thanks for joining us. Todd, it's great to be with you today. I appreciate it so much to have you here. You wrote your purpose statement as a 26-year-old and have been perfecting his goal accomplishment system for the last 40 years. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a lot about that. I did, I did a, I call it a declaration statement okay. when I was younger, and I've been doing the same thing, perfecting it. It's like a life, it's like a living document. I edit it and change it every day, we'll, so we'll talk a lot about okay. that. Um, Rick is a successful consulting executive who loves living and managing his life by purpose, goals, and effective stress management principles. He lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. He received his MBA from Ivy Business School of London, Ontario, Canada. Rick and his wife, Cheryl, have six children and 15 grandchildren. Um, I, you know, Rick, when he walked in here, um, I was on your podcast, yep. which was awesome, but we had to do it virtually. Yep. But you are here live here at Wasatch Recovery, so I appreciate you coming here. Awesome to be but, here. But, you know, you, you do. You look very young. You take care of yourself. I know that's part of your purpose. We're going to talk a lot about that. You wrote a book um, that we're going to talk about, Living by His Purpose, and then you have a website called ciforlife.org, yep. and we're going get, to get into that as well. But you live in an, an amazing life, and I think where I'd like to start with you, Rick, if that's okay, why don't you tell our listeners, where did you grow up, and give us a little you know, idea of what your family life was as a child. Sure. Well, I, again, it's an honor to be on the podcast and to be here live. And, Thank uh, you. We've done so many of these things virtually, right? It's yeah. great to be face-to-face again. Finally. <laughs> Finally. So I grew up in L.A., not the L.A. you're thinking about, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, mm. is the L.A. I grew okay. up in. <laughs> that always gets people. So I was the oldest of four kids. Okay. Yeah, middle class family, yeah, great mom and dad, faith based. Uh, they believed in education. They believed mm. in you know success. Kind of Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, all okay. those things we were right. taught as kids. In fact, the story about the uh, forty years. I'm sixty years old, but it's actually been fifty years that I've been working on goals because my okay. mother, uh, born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa, moved to marry a farmer in. Lethbridge, Alberta. So she was grow- grew up on the beach in Cape Town, South Africa, and moved to wow. farmland in Alberta. And she started wow. when I can remember as early as eight years old, having a goal success chart on, we used to call it cupboard number two in the house. <laughs> and uh, on that, it was Ricky has to do this to, you know, it was everything uh-huh. from brush teeth to play with sister, to read a book, to all this stuff. And right. I, I really think my passion and interest for continuous improvement and goals and how to work the success kind of formula is based on that early goal chart. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, and it, how, you know, simple those things were back then, but yeah. it's, it's setting the tone and setting a pattern for your life. Yeah. And, right? and a mindset. I know you're yeah. big on mindset. So yes. that was the 
mindset I was raised in is that wherever you're at, you progress from there. Yeah. You don't have to be at 100%. If you're at 40%, you're trying to get to 50%. If you're at 70%, you're trying to get to 80% and yeah. whatever you're trying to do. And so that yeah. was kind of the mindset. I mean, I used to get paid as a... Uh, um, uh, arrogant 15 year old to read books, right? You know, really? like, yeah. yeah. Like if you'll read this Stephen Covey book, <laughs> we'll pay you I'll give you allowance. Bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that kind of mindset, that was how I germinated at a very young age. Oh, I love that. So what were some of the you know, maybe bigger lessons you learned from your parents? I mean, that's obviously one of them setting goals and trying to achieve that and improving. What were some other things that you learned from your parents? Well, actually, I think the whole mantra, one of the mantras that I have today is work hard, pray hard mm. and uh, work smart. Ooh. And I think all three of those things I learned from my parents in that early upbringing of work smart is about education. Work smart is about figuring out systems and how they work, like a goal setting system or purpose or belief, you know, right, yeah. tweaking it and working on it. Uh, work hard is obviously, you know, grew up, at, my dad was a farmer and then got educated and a PhD, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and pray hard from my mother, like, you know, pr pray as if everything depended on God and work as if everything depended on you. Ooh, and that was the early that. lessons that really have blessed my whole entire life. Wow. I love that statement. Say that again. Pray is pray. Oh, oh, work as if everything depended okay. on God. Okay. And, or pray as if everything depended on God and work as if everything depended on you. So Dang. you put the effort in yeah. and God will match and bless and inspire. Wow. I love that. So, you know, as a kid, what were you like? Were you, were you a pretty confident kid? Were you an outgoing or you know, uh, how were you? As um, <laughs> um, some of the youth I used to work with, you, you, um, uh, all that in a bag <laughs> of chips, like very arrogant. Uh, really? Like okay. you enjoyed sports, played football, <laughs> basketball in high school. And uh, it uh, wasn't till later in life that I learned the important lessons of <laughs> you're not all that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting, though, is that you've accomplished a lot. I mean, when I, you know, researching you and studying up on you and the things that you've done, not only individually, but as a family, you know, I, I think that it takes a little bit of arrogance, I guess. Or confidence. I like your first word. Yeah. Yeah. More confident. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was more arrogance as a child. Yes, definitely. But it turns into this, this, this confidence, right. right? And you do, like, to be honest with you. You know, just meeting you here personally, you can see, you can feel it. You don't have to say anything. I know you're confident. I can just feel it, right? I mean, you've run, I mean, how many marathons have you ran? Uh, 14 marathons, 26 half marathons. And then I see also that you and uh, your family climbed uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, yeah, 2017 <laughs> with our two youngest. They weren't married at the time, and my daughter's a big hiker. And wow. uh, I was trying to figure out as a dad how to connect, right? Because each kid's different. And how do you connect, mm -hmm. right? Some will just sit down with you and open up and some won't. Right. And so hiking was her deal. And so she said, Dad, why don't we do something big? And wow. so the four of us, Cheryl and I and the two youngest, Tanner and Kenzie, we did Kilimanjaro. And it was an amazing lifetime family experience. Wow. That is amazing. Did uh, everyone was able to do it? Yeah, in fact, the marathon runner, me, struggled the most. Like, I'm at 19,000 feet. Really? Uh, wondering if I've ever walked or hiked or <laughs> run before. 
And, you know, you're not doing it with oxygen because it's not, you know, 19, I think yeah. the top is 19,341 feet, but who cares about the exact number? Right. Um, but, <laughs> you know, when you're up there, it's, you know, your your body reacts differently at that kind of altitude. So I was the guy right behind the uh, our guide, uh, Mr. Rick, left foot, right foot, left, but we made it and uh, it was a great celebration <laughs> boy that's that is neat and, and what a great way to connect with your family oh, as well right oh it was just a we have that memory forever um yeah. and it was just a great experience and you know and that's part of living on purpose right how do i connect to my kids my grandkids my in-laws and how can i connect with them and be a positive influence and that was that was one that worked yeah well i know you're really big about purpose and we're going to get that to there in just a minute um so, you know, you go, you go through school, you get your MBA. Um, at that point in your life, did you know what you wanted to do? No, I was one of those. I always envied the lawyer or the doctor or the dentist mm -hmm. that knew, okay, I'm just going to go on this track and that's what I'm yeah. going to do. And so I didn't know what I was doing. And that's maybe why purpose was so valuable to me is that I kind of fumbled into it each way. I mean, it started with you know, doing personality profile testing. It started with, you know, trying to do career aptitude testing. It started with taking a physics class and a business class in second year uh -huh. and working <laughs> equally as hard in both and C minus in physics and a good grade <laughs> in business. So, okay, I guess I, that's the direction that's I want to take. Yeah. And so, you know, went into undergrad in business and then was lucky enough a couple of years later to get an MBA. But that's actually where the purpose story starts okay. is I'm, you know, we move across country. So from Alberta to the East coast, basically in Ontario. And uh, so it was a big move. Cheryl and I had two kids at the time, Nikki and Brett, and we move across country. And so we were nervous away from any family, friends, networks, anything. Yeah. And so I'm the youngest and least experienced person in the MBA program. And so I'm already mm. knowing, Hey, I've got yeah. to really work hard. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I just I tell Cheryl, OK, I, this is, you know, I'm going to study. I'm going to work hard. And this is my belief system is that if you work hard, you'll figure it out. Mm. And um, so I get into this experience and I'm about six, seven weeks in and we get our first major test back and I'm the lowest grade in the class. Well, I don't know if I was exactly the lowest, but I'm I'm down there. You're down. Yeah. And uh, it was devastating. It was kind of like, you know, I, I made this big risk in my life and here I'm working hard, my heart out. We're a little displaced, if you will. And yeah. I get this devastating grade. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I made this major mistake in my life. Right. <laughs> I, I'm going to we're going to move back to a safety net. We're going to, you know. <laughs> And so oh, I man. had the, after a pity party on a Friday night, I had the presence of mind to remember, I've already mentioned one of my mentors and heroes was Stephen R. Covey and yeah. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And wow. I had read that and I remember him talking about habit to begin with the end in mind, right? Mm -hmm. I love that principle. Yes. And I had loved that principle, but I'd never really put it into practice until now, until then. Yeah. And so here I am, I'm a little devastated and, uh, so I go down and on the weekend I tell Cheryl, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on my mission statement. And I use the term purpose and mission pretty interchangeably in this case. And so I went downstairs and started asking questions like, what are my strengths? Yeah. What are my hopes? Uh, how do I want to be remembered? And it just kind of worked through this powerful set of questions that were really uh, I didn't realize at the time how transformational they were. And so I came up with this simple, you know. 30 word statement or it was about continuous improvement actually i used those words in this 
purpose statement. And I didn't think much of it. I went back to school on Monday and I, no one would confuse me as the valedictorian of the class or anything, <laughs> yeah, but right. I did better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until about a year later and we started the recruiting process, which is pretty anxiety filled in, in, in its own right. You know, you got to sign up for jobs and see if you can get interviewed and everyone going through BYU and other places right now knows all about that. But yeah, right. Um, so I'm in this process and I'm, there's no, nothing's happening. Like I'm, I'm either not interested in the job or I'm getting rejected. And, and all of a sudden this little job, this little consulting company on the West coast puts this ad in the, uh, at, at the recruiting office and it's got almost the exact words in my purpose statement. Really? Continuous improvement action orientation making a difference in people's lives mm. and i'm thinking i this is revelate this is inspiration this yeah. is me wow. so i apply for the job a couple days later comes back <laughs> i didn't even get a <laughs> interview oh wow so i have a bit of a pity party again <laughs> and uh, before i could get too discouraged i uh called the recruiting office i just thought you know i, I got nothing to lose at this point so I call them up and I say, hey, this is Rick Island. I applied for the job. And and they say, I said, I, I don't think I was quite this bold, Todd, but I said, you know, I think you made a mistake. You know, I, I applied for this job and I'm not on the recruiting list. Yeah, like what's going on here? <laughs> Come on. So they yeah. said, okay, Mr. Highland, let's look at your resume. And oh yeah, you're pretty young and you know, you don't have as much experience as the other candidates. And so I really didn't have anything to lose at that point. So I right. said, hey, let me tell you about this experience I had a year ago. I wrote this purpose statement about my strengths, my aspirations, my dreams, and it's almost the same words as your ad. So a little silence on the other end of the phone. I said, okay, Mr. Highland, why don't you put your name, this is before the computer, so put your name, number 11, <laughs> five o'clock, write your name in, you'll be the last interview of the day. Great, thank you. <laughs> so it comes to Thursday at five o'clock, the recruiting partners, you know, they're, they're exhausted. Tired. Yeah, they're like, oh, geez, we got to I got to do another one yeah. before dinner. <laughs> so anyhow, long story short, I'm the only one that gets the job. Um, I retire 32 year, <laughs> years later as the second largest shareholder. And uh, wow, I just had a, a fantastic career. Lots of ups and downs, but we grew that company from 30 people to 250 people. And I credit it, Todd, to the power of purpose. Wow. And it's not just for career. Like I've learned since then, there's tons of other benefits that we could go into if you want. Yes, and, I do. And you know. But at least for me, I thought, you know, what a what a revelation, what an insight. And there's lots of authors today that talk about mission statements, purpose yeah. statements, and that power. And when I retired, I thought, you know, I want to add my voice to that because I've had this personal experience. Right. How can I share this with people that if you're articulate on your and you're intentional in your life, because that's what purpose statements and goals, right? Yeah. That's all is it's you're trying to be intentional. You're trying to exactly create yep. on paper or in your mind first. So then you could go act that out. And so. And that's why I wrote the book, Live Your Purpose. Um, and uh, that was my inspiration after I retired to say, you know what? I've been doing corporate consulting for all this time. Now I want to do something, you know, to give back and contribution. And so th that's why I wrote the book about purpose because I had that experience as a 26-year-old. So That is amazing. Sorry, that was a long story. But no, that's why no, no, I... <laughs> don't be sorry. That is beautiful. So, I mean, I'm just like going, man, this is so cool. I mean, there's so many lessons to learn from that too. I mean, you, one, you didn't give up either. Yeah. You're like, you know what? I'm going to be bold. I got, like you said, I got nothing to lose. And then you told him what your experience was. 
I mean, how could they have said no at that point? So it's so cool that that worked out the way it did. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and purpose. I mean, I, you talk about how those with purpose are 32% happier than those without a purpose. I mean, that tells you how important purpose is with our overall mental fitness and mental health, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, I did my own research, and that's that one. But I also I went into all the uh, the literature uh, research on it. And, yeah, share some thoughts and on let that. Me, let me just, Please. I'll just blast them out. Here's that, and you've just mentioned a couple of them. So the 10 benefits, other than what we've talked about on career and intentionality, enhanced health and physical well-being, greater resilience, increased happiness, increased life satisfaction, better psychological well-being, more likely to engage in healthy habits, uh, less chronic illness, such as stroke or lower incidence of dementia, Jeez. higher quality of life, longer life. Do we need any other reasons? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want all that? Right. 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 Wow. But yet we get a little bit anxious or we don't want to, you know, oh, if I create this expectation in my mm -hmm. life that I'm going to be X, yeah. what if I don't live up to that? Yeah. What if it doesn't, you know, I shoot for the moon and I get, you know, Arkansas, N nothing against Arkansas, but you know, I end up somewhere else. What yeah. if? And yeah. so I think that's some of the reasons why people and you know you ask always and i know you're big on limiting beliefs and and you yes. ask always about that and talk all about that yeah and one of my favorite slash not favorite is the word can't mm. i can't do that i mm. was i didn't get an mba i don't know finances i can't invest right i can't get in shape i can't do this with my career and my life and my and, and to me that is a massive limiting belief that if you take the time to be intentional in your life through purpose and goals, that's one way to yeah. erase the can't. Oh, it's it. to map it out, yeah. create it spiritually, create it on paper first, in your mind first, and then figure out the mindset, skill set, and tool set on how to accomplish that intentional dream that you have. Dang, I love that. Those are powerful benefits too. You know, how does visualization play into this? Do you, you know, to talk about that and how that correlates. Oh, massive, massive. I don't care if you're a business or a person, visualization and then writing it and putting it visually. Like you've got tons of visualization in your office oh, yeah. here. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I love a whiteboard. And I used to even to the corporate clients, uh, have a whiteboard in your team, in your lunchroom, in your team room, have a personal whiteboard. I, I'm coaching five or six, uh, freshman at BYU right now and mm. Rick, Rick, Tyler phones me up, Rick, I got this whiteboard and I got all my goals, my uh -huh. direction. That's great. And you know what? My roommates did it now. Rick, oh, can you cool. believe that? My roommates all yeah. want to do that now, but the power and, and even in a corporate environment, a team environment, the power of having your goals and then updating those goals and talking about it and dreaming about it. And, and I even love the accountability system of individually or as a team, Imagine this simple practice if everybody did this at that whiteboard, at that visualization, that commitment you've made. And it could be just two simple goals as a business or a person. Um, you review it with your inner circle, your team on how well you're doing and your next steps. Imagine if you did that every week, yeah. you're going to get ideas. Even if you're discouraged and you're not accomplishing your goal yet, you're going to get ideas, support, encouragement. You know, you should talk to so-and-so. He's had that problem before. Right. But if you if you let it get in the public, yeah, it's so powerful. You know that from your story, oh, yeah, right? Talking absolutely. to the bishop and the friend and the, yeah. and the little girl. And once <laughs> you make these things public, it's scary. Yeah. 
Yeah. But once you make it public and and, and get and, and ask for support, it's very um, it's vulnerable, but it's very powerful because then you've really made a personal internal commitment to it by visualizing it and, and, and getting it out there. And uh, but you've also got a team around you, a right. support system around you, because yeah. none of us can do this on our own. Whether right. we're trying to get an For MBA, sure. yeah. we're trying to recover from addiction, we're trying whatever we're trying to do. Yeah. Wait, you name it. Yep. Qualify for the Olympic. Whatever you're trying to do, we can't do it alone. Even yeah. the best athletes have coaches. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Everybody does. Yeah. Think of the very the golfer, the basketball player, Michael the, Jordan. Michael had, Jordan, had the best. That had every yeah. kind of coach. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, Phil Jackson was a more of a mental coach than anything. <laughs> for right? sure. Yeah. <laughs> he was a yeah. mindset coach. Yeah. Read this book, Michael. Yeah. Uh, Kobe, you know, whoever yeah. it was that he was trying to uplift and inspire and get in the right mindset. So, yeah, uh, you got me all excited there. But the power <laughs> of making it visual yeah. brings accountability, brings commitment, brings all those special words that we know are important to improvement. Yeah. Uh, but that works as a business, too, not yeah. just a person. Sure. But yet we grow up with this mindset that I have to figure it out all on my own. I'm an adult now. I right. should be able to figure this out on my own. Yeah. Right. But that is so not true. That is a, a <laughs> false mindset that yeah. I have to figure this out or I can figure this out on my right. own. Yeah. Everybody uses experts in their life, whether it's financially, spiritually, socially, emotionally, whatever, physically, whatever you're trying yeah. to improve on. Use an expert, get a coach. Yeah. Um, Jeff Colvin wrote a great book called Talent is Overrated. Mm. And he's going through this idea that it's not just about IQ. It's about, you know, uh, hard work hard and work. working smart. Yeah. Right. And being intentional in your life. Those are the winners. Those are the guys that figure it out. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. Working hard. You know, I, I did, you know, yeah, I did that speaking event last night. Yeah. And the, one of the themes of what we were talking about is you're remembered because you worked. Yeah. You know, you think of all the people that we remember in life, it's because they put in the work. Right. And that's what I hear you saying. The other thing I want to point out, it's really cool when you said, when we start telling our story, it's a vulnerable thing to do. Yeah. But when we do that, things start to fall into place. People want to start reaching out and helping. And I'll never forget, I was at a, I spoke at the Utah State Prison and one of the inmates got to speak before me. And I'll never forget, he says, if you don't own your story, it owns you. Yeah. I walked up to him and I said, I'm stealing that from you. That is powerful. Goes, yeah. And, and that's really what you're saying is, because if you don't share it or don't own it, so to speak, it just stays with you and it's kind of consuming you. But when you get out and you get vulnerable and you share it, all these things start to fall into place and people want to get out there and help. Is that? Yeah, so true. Accurate? I even found that as a bishop or a counselor to young, mm -hmm. you know, young people between 18 and 30, that if, if people can become vulnerable about their weaknesses, about their gaps, about the things they fear and have yeah. anxiety, and then that's their only chance to have to change. But if you keep it secret, or on your own, or I'll figure this out yeah. on my, by myself. It never works. Yeah, it doesn't work. And that—that's the same principle, not, not just an addiction, but in life, in goal yeah. setting. Yeah, that's the same principle. Yeah, oh, I love it. So you've got your book right there. Yeah. Live your live your purpose. What What are some things in there you'd like to sh maybe share with us, or what would someone get if they bought this book from you? Yeah, thanks for asking. So yeah. there's really three main sections of it. One is we've talked about is uh, why is purpose important? What is the right. value and uh -huh. how to do it? I go at lengths to 
teach a seven step process on how to do it. Cause many people have anxiety about, yeah. Oh, I, I have to get a perfect. No, you don't have to get a perfect. Right. That's principle number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't, I, I've, yeah. I've recrafted it at 45. I recrafted it at 60. It's not something you craft every year, yeah. but it is something you can go back to because now you have new knowledge, new insight, new learning, and you can redraft it. So you don't have to get it perfect. But after that section, then I talk about, okay, well, that's great. You've got this big intention, this big declaration right. up on the wall or in your planner or wherever it is on your computer. Now, how do I execute? How do I implement that? And that's where goal setting comes. And okay. that's where goal setting is powerful. If you have your why, your purpose, people always say, well, how, what's the secrets to, because yeah. so many people, what, the stats, you Google it right now, 17% of people accomplish their New Year's resolutions, right? We're getting to the end of the year and people start thinking about that. Well, why? Well, one of the reasons is they don't have their why figured out, their purpose figured yeah. out behind it. Yeah. If you can have that as your backdrop to goal setting, yeah, you're halfway, you're halfway to success. Yeah, I love and then that. drop in your smart goals, your specific, uh, measurable, attainable, reliable, and trackable goals. And so, in the book, I talk about examples of that and how to do that and how how to not overwhelm yourself, how to start small, right? Oh, I got to tell this story, Todd, if you don't please, mind. No, I, I hope please. we're not running out of time. No, here. you're but, not. You're doing great. Uh, Dr. Bob Mauer writes a great little book on uh, continuous improvement. Small, It's called Small Steps. Mm. Uh, by small things shall great th things come, come to, pass, to pass, right? Yeah. So he calls this small steps. And he, went, he learned it actually in business in Kaizen, the Japanese continuous improvement. Mm. And he came back and applied it to medical. He was a teaching doctor, at the, I think, at the University of Washington. And he, he'd be with his interns and a patient and a client coming yeah. in. And year, uh, week after week, these, uh, they would come in and no change, right? Yeah. I got high blood pressure. I got cholesterol. I'm overweight. I'm stressed out. I'm, you know, whatever. And so he, he learned this principle of uh, small things or small steps through Kaizen, continuous improvement. And so he said, you know what? He asked the intern, can, can I take this one? So it was a lady that they had seen before that he tells this story about a powerful example of change and goal setting. So he said to the lady who had high blood, all these things, overweight, yeah. stressed, single mother with two kids, just a really tough work, hardly any energy after work, but still got these two teenage daughters and right. just, and, uh, but, but hypertension, uh, cholesterol, all the signs that, uh, poor health and, uh, poor vitality and poor life. And so he said, Dr. Bob said to her, he said, do you mind trying a little experiment with me? We've talked to you about exercise and the value of that in your yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't. You know, okay. Right. What if, do you watch TV at night to relax a little bit after your kids go to bed or even while the kids are, yeah, I do. What's your favorite show? And she mentioned her favorite show. I don't know if it was Friends or whatever it was. Right. And she said, you know, why don't you during one commercial break do jumping jacks or run and spot for that commercial break? Do you think you could do that? Yeah, I could do that. I'll do that. Okay. Do you think you could come back in one week and report on how you're doing? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. So, you know where the story's going, right? <laughs> sure, she came yeah. back and, and yeah, yeah, I haven't lost any weight. I'm still stressed out. But I did the jumping jacks during one commercial break, one 90-second commercial break. Okay. Do you think now, was it fun? Was it okay? Was it a big stress? No, yeah. that was fine. Do you think that during every commercial break or two, what, what, what do you want to commit to? Well, I think I could actually do it during every commercial break. I'll do either jumping jacks, walking around, or uh, running in place. Deal. Okay, great. 
So you know where the story is going, right? She six months later, she's got her health back. She's lost her weight, her hypertension. You know, all those things have improved, and it started with small steps. So many of us get overwhelmed right, yeah. with big purpose, big goals. And seems, we don't even start. Yeah, it seems so big. Yeah, I can't even start. Can't it's even too big. That. It's too big. So yeah. his lesson to me is it, it just rang so true in the change management business. Start small. Mm. Just start small. Yeah, I love that. Get outside the door. <laughs> yeah, right. Get your gym clothes on and get outside the <laughs> door. put them on. That's the victory. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll move to walking a mile and then we'll move to something else. So that's such a value. So anyhow, in the second part of the book, that's what that talks about is the secrets to goal setting and how to accomplish, how to get yourself out of the 17% category. And let's go to accomplishing 80% of our goals. Wow, and then it. the third section is love my it. favorite section. And I yeah. think you'll love it is, is all about, okay, I got a purpose. I got goals. How do I stay on purpose when setbacks happen? Because mm. that is real life. For sure. Trials, setbacks, discouragements, bad things yeah. happening in our lives, whether we, it's our cause or not. Um, and so, uh, and these are lessons I've learned later in life, right? I, I didn't figure this out. And this is kind of my gift to people, in particular millennials I want. These are the things. If you could figure out now your strategies to overcome setbacks. Because by the way, they will come. You For don't sure. think that as a 19-year-old. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> but they do come. Yeah, right. And some of them call fast and furious and some of them call later in life. Yeah. Right? But they will come. And so how do, what are the skill set, tool set, mindset I need to overcome setbacks and stress and trials in my life? And a big trigger for me was actually the book you have right here. And I know you love The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And I mentioned that actually in the first chapter in that section, the power yeah. of staying present. You know, it is uh, the curse of goal setting is you're always, you're not happy. This, this is also a uh, myth buster I'm trying to get out there. You can't be happy till you accomplish your goal. Rubbish. Yeah. That's not true. Right. Sorry, the South African mother in my just you're came not, out of me with rubbish right there. You're good. Yeah. So that is not true. The joy yeah. is in the journey. The joy is in staying present in what happened today in this moment and this hour, right? Nothing's the matter right now. Exactly. Right. And if yeah. you can train your mind, because yeah. most of our minds don't think that way, yeah. to stay present. And that's what Eck, that's the gift Eckhart Tolle and many others are trying to teach us right now. So what I'm trying to offer in this book is this balance between still striving yeah. And, and staying present. Yeah. I don't think anybody's done that. Everybody, you know, there's lots of people talking about accomplish big things in your life. Yeah. And there's lots of people saying meditate and stay present. And I'm trying to bring the two things together. together. Oh, I love that. Because I think yeah. life is about being full and hungry yeah. to take it from Philippians, right? Yeah. <laughs> full. I'm striving. I'm accomplishing. I'm trying to be better. And uh, or, or sorry, that's the hungry part. And the full part, I'm content yeah. I'm peaceful, I'm aware, and I'm present. And I'm okay. so I think if we, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, yeah. I'm beloved. Yeah. And I think if we can bring those two things together, Dang. we got magic. Oh, man. So well said. I could sit here and listen to you all day. <laughs> I'm serious. About that. I was, no, no, no. You got me on a couple Don't of exciting topics. <laughs> Don't be sorry. No, I love this. Purpose is huge. And, you know, I think I mentioned off the, off the air before we started, I, I do my own personal declaration yeah. statement. And it's been this guiding force in my life. And I can't tell you if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have accomplished where I'm sitting here today. Up, it's amazing. Would, exactly. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like the power of actually writing something yeah. down versus just thinking it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You you know? 
and I know you believe in these two principles, but I, you know, people ask me, well, how do you get extreme motivation? Motiv how do you stay motivated? Yeah. Well, one is through your purpose and goals, yeah. right? I've yeah. got a dream. This yeah. is who, what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what I'm trying to do for my family, my work, my service, whatever you're trying to accomplish there. And I think the second thing, and I know you'd agree with this, is motivation is fleeting. Will is yeah. fleeting. Yeah. Depending on moods, we all have ups and downs. For sure. But habits aren't. Mm. If you can ingrain power, hour of power, hour of if power. you can ingrain habits in your life, and you and I believe first thing in the morning, but some people aren't morning people, so do it at night or whenever you can. But if you can ingrain habits. Yeah. So if, hey, I'm not feeling great today. I had a lousy day yesterday, but <laughs> these are just the same five things I do every morning. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and that's where motivation comes from. Because yeah. once you do your five things. Yeah. You're off. You all yeah. of a sudden feel a lot better. Yeah. And you got some more. It got some uh, mental and physical clarity yeah. to accomplish what you need to that day. So, yeah, motivation comes from both your intentionality and your purpose, but also then the habits that you backfill so that you can stay on on course. Wow, I love that. So well said. Thank you so much for sharing that. What it, you know, I was thinking, what does a day look like for you? I'd like our listeners to know, like, what do you do? Do you have a morning routine? I'm sure I know you do, but what is it? Get specific. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I'd love to because you shared that on my podcast yeah. and it inspired the <laughs> heck out of me. Um, yeah, I've just learned and I even did this when I was. So now that I'm retired or semi-retired, yeah, it's a lot easier to do. But I, I did this even when I was at my, you know, managing 200 people, uh, busiest six kids, you know, at home. And, and now they're, you know, they're married and living their own great lives, their own version of their best life. Um, but it starts with prayer. And that's a stillness exercise. That's a slowdown exercise. That's a get right. your mind calm to yeah. start the day. Mm -hmm. I try purposely, and I think you say the same thing, not to look at email for the first hour, not to look at anything like that for the first hour. Then I, after prayer, I go to study scripture, study mm -hmm. an inspiring book. Then I go right to exercise. And yeah. if it's a run day or a bike day, and those are my two choices. And I rotate off to, because at 60 years old, you can't do everything. <laughs> you, know, you have to do some CrossFit in there. <laughs> and, uh, and then after that, then that's when I plan my day. That's when I can look, okay, there's my emails, there's my plan. And, uh, I dedicate a good 10, 15 minutes to planning and, and wow. to be honest that, and your mind's sharpest after exercise and emotional, Absolutely. spiritual development. Yeah. So I put a plan in place and then I prioritize the three most important things on that long list that needs to be done. And then I go out and execute and I may need another pump up at two o'clock in the afternoon, but Nothing's stopping me after that hour of power, <laughs> right. right? For those next few hours oh, yeah. to stay on that plan and stay that course. Cause I got endorphins. I got all the chemicals flowing in the right direction. And so, um, and I know that's not too different from what you do and many people do, but if you, the, that is my number, reorient your first hour of your day, whether that's at 4am or 6am or 7am. Yeah. Do it and set your day. Oh, I can't. I have to jump right into business. I was coaching somebody the other day and yeah, I jump right on email and the problems from the Philippines that come in. I said, no, oh, time off, time off. Yeah. Don't. Do yourself a favor. Start with yep. your five top building yeah. habits for emotional, spiritual, physical development and capacity because you need to handle the stressors of today and the busyness of today yeah. and the challenges. You need the capacity building activities. Yeah. 
And that's what that hour of power does, right? I'm yep. preaching to the converted here, I know. No, you're no, this is great. No, you're awesome. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad we're both doing this together. Because I think most people don't do this actually. Yeah, yeah they jump um, right into the problem and that just, that just brings you down. Exactly. And I used to do that early on and I'm so grateful I had a mentor show me the way. You know, I, I one of my favorite statements is if you win the first hour of the day, you win the day. Amen. If you lose the first hour of the day, you spend the rest of the day looking for it. And so as you're saying what you're doing, I'm like, man, you've won the day, Rick. The stuff you're doing, you have set the tone. Like you said, the endorphins are pumping. I'm thinking more clearly. I got inspiration, revelation coming through. And guys, when I say this, I am not joking. The list of benefits or blessings oh. that come from doing this, far out rate, not just will you achieve your goals and habits, create those habits. I mean, there are so many untangible things that you don't talk about. Less anxiety, less depression, more energy, more love, more confidence, better relationships. You know, the list goes on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you say, oh, I can't do what Todd does or Rick does. Start with your version yeah. of your five, your power do five. Do the jumping jacks during right. the commercial. Right. Start with your version. <laughs> and if it's 20 minutes to start, awesome. Yeah. And yeah. then move, slowly graduate it to... Because we need capability, capacity building activities yeah. before we go into those other stressful things that suck capability and capacity. Yeah. So you need to build it every day. Your spiritual, yeah. emotional. And I didn't know about emotional capacity building till my 40s. I, I didn't really get that. And that's what Eckhart Tolle and many yeah. others helped teach you, right? Yeah. That, yeah, I've, I've paid attention to my spiritual side. I've paid attention to my physical side. But I haven't paid attention to my emotional side. How I can... Re do I have mm -hmm. the capability to react to stress and setbacks and trials? Yeah. And that is just as critical. You know, and those activities yeah. are nature, getting out in nature, seeing yeah. a sunrise, meditation, yeah. uh, stillness, whatever mm -hmm. gets you still and slows you down. Yeah. And you can tell. You can tell when you're reading your book or your scriptures and you're going too fast, you're not still, right? Yeah. So you need to slow yourself slow down, down and meditate or whatever version yeah. gets you slowed down. And so I would stress to the listeners today that most people have heard a lot about exercise and maybe even spiritual development, but think about how you can build emotional capacity mm. in your life so that you can handle those setbacks that come. Yeah. Oh, and sometimes they come in waves, right? Yeah. One, two, three. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> You're going, oh my goodness, I can't handle another one. Yeah. But if you've taken the time to build the reserves, yeah. you can. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It is so worth the sacrifice Yes, because it does take sacrifice, yes. right? Yeah, especially if you do it at the hour you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm a little crazy. But the, go the, the, you know, the goal is for anyone listening, like you said, I mean, I think I even mentioned it on your podcast. I started doing 15 minutes when I first started doing it. Got comfortable with 15, bumped it to a half hour. Got comfortable there, 45, Great. and then eventually an hour. Start but it took small. me a minute to get there. It didn't happen like you said, and yeah. I took it slow. Because yeah. people right now, hour, that sounds yeah. way too much. I can't much. do that. I don't have it's time too much. That. Yeah. Start with 10 minutes. Start exactly. with 15 minutes. You know, another example, micro goals, right? There's that, if you Google it on micro goals, that's another way to think about it. And that's the example of, well, today the win is opening that book. Yeah. Right? And today the win is reading for five minutes. Today yeah. the win is getting dressed and walking outside. Yeah. It's not running. Yeah. <laughs> It's getting, that's the micro goal attitude. Yeah. Start small so it doesn't get your limbic system fired up and fight or flight or that's too much. I can't yeah. do that. And there's that word can't again, right? Right. So start small to overcome the limbic fight or flight system that's in your brain. It's in all of our brains. Yeah. 
And so if you can start small on something and then, oh, you know what, I'm learning more about finances and investment and, you know, Robin Hood or <laughs> Ameritrade, or, you know, maybe I can figure this out. Start small yeah. Yeah. and then work your way up. I love that. You know, if there's someone who's listening right now to you, Rick, and they're in, they're in a spot where they just kind of like that, that example you gave when, when they're like, hey, just do the jumping jacks during the commercials kind of thing. If there's someone listening right now, they're just stuck. They don't feel like they have a purpose. They're, you know, they're just trudging through the day and they're just having a hard time. What You've already given some great advice and obviously I would recommend them getting your book, but what's something you could tell them right now who's struggling in that area? So I would just say this simple thing. Answer, get a piece of paper and pen out and answer mm. this one simple question. Mm. How do I want to be remembered? Ooh. Imagine yourself at your funeral and you're able to watch. And you can't control what people say. This isn't about what con- control. This is about influence. This is about how do you what, do you, what do you want your kids? What do you want your peers? What do you want those that are speaking, saying, and thinking about you? Man, that guy was the richest, toughest, honoriest, successful yeah. person in life. Or loving, caring, taught me. You know, what, what words do you want to have? described there and then let's reverse engineer that slowly and in small steps so once you've written down the answers to that question then pick one little thing you want to work on Mm. this month just one right not five not ten not everything just look at that what you wrote doesn't have to be a fancy statement just write and then pick one thing out of there you know what i want to increase my love you know what i want to increase my physical uh, uh, vitality. You know yeah. what? I want to, uh, I'm going through something right now. My mother's suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. And so my constant thought is, uh, I'm going up to Canada next week to take care of her for a week. Mm. And, um, she's going into a home for the first time and it's a oh, traumatic experience for, sure, for yeah. everyone involved. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Dad. Yeah, that's tough. Um, so my one thing is how can I eat better? How can mm-hmm. I sleep better? How can I, how can, what, Within my control, what can I do to yeah. ward off that potential consequence? How can I bless my mother? And then how can I, w- within my influence, because I can't control whether I get it or not, but I can influence by what I yeah. eat, what I sl- how I sleep, how I exercise, and how I kept myself mentally challenged. So just pick one thing yeah. out of that description on how you want to live and how do you want to yeah. be remembered. And just, just work on that one thing for a month. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Right? Start small. Start small. I love that. That's so <laughs> great advice too. I love that. Um, do you have Do you have your um, your personal statement with you? Yeah. Do you mind sharing that with us? Well, I, yeah. I actually got it in the book. I wonder if I right could, I could find if it. You can find it. If yeah, not, um, uh, at the back. But I can tell you it as well. So I'll, I'll tell you the evolution of it too. This might be more yeah. interesting to people. So it started out at twenty six years old as I want to strive for continuous improvement in my life and my families and those in my influence. Mm. And then the other line I had in there was, I want my life to be, I want my continuous improvement efforts to be interdependently, a good Covey word, yeah. focused on benefiting my work life, my home life, and my service life, my ecclesiastical yeah. life. And so I had this vision that the things I work, I'm working at at work can bless my family and myself and my church service. And yeah. so... That, that was a tremendously powerfully motivating idea that the things I'm working at work about helping companies improve and performance and team building yeah. 
take home and, and vice versa. And so that's how it started. That was the original mission statement. And then in the 40s, in my, in my 40s, so 15 years ago, I wrote after reading Power of Now and other things on, on building emotional capacity, I added this line. Um, and this is a real tender and important part of who sure. I'm trying to be and how yeah. I want to be remembered. Um, I want my continuous improvements efforts to be full of love and acceptance for myself and others. Because mm. there is Beautiful. the perception that if you're hard charging and accomplishing and making everything happen, that your love doesn't always show. Yeah, Your acceptance doesn't always show. So I have worked really hard at trying to show to my kids, my in-laws, my grandkids, and those of my influence that it's not just about progression and continuous improvement and 1%, and yeah. it's also about the content and love and acceptance on where you're at Maybe. for myself yeah. and, others. and others. So that's that's the goal of my, you know, gonna yeah. be my second half of my life sure. uh, effort is how can I do that a little bit better? Wow, that's beautifully said. Thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Well, if someone wanted to reach out to you, Rick, and get your book, um, Live Your Purpose, um, you know, find your website, ask you a question, what's the best way for them to do that? So, yeah, the book's on Amazon, um, Live Your Purpose, a step-by-step -step guide to living your best life. Uh, my website, CI for Life, the number four in the middle, ci4life.org. You can get me, um, or my email is rhylandhayland, it looks at gmail.com any one of those things i'd love to help yeah. and and uh, uh see if i can bless your life or these ideas can bless your life and and we'll start small and see if we can uh um i did want to mention todd that yeah, just like please. you you've been working a lot with millennials or that age group that yeah, in uh -huh. the 20s and 30s yeah and i just put out a brand new course uh um from that experience on counseling young single adults i've continued that over the last 10 years and I've put out this course called Millennial Money, called Rich and Happy. So how to secure your financial freedom, because a lot of people worry about that with our economy and where we're going and yeah. how do I keep up and and uh, how do I also be, because we know lots of rich people that are unhappy. <laughs> right. And, and it didn't scratch any itch yeah. for joy and satisfaction. <laughs> right. So um, my, I love the balanced act, as you can tell. How can I teach young people to be find financial freedom and find joy and satisfaction in life because those money won't give it to you right uh, and and neither will just sitting around so yeah. how can we balance that so i just put a course a course on teachable but it's also on my website called millennial money rich and happy and that's a few videos 15 minutes length oh, trying cool. to teach people young yeah. people to set up their life and by the way step one out of those seven steps step six is investments and fun things like that step seven is self-care yeah step one is purpose and goals so it all goes back goes back to, to that yeah <laughs> i love it i love it well i encourage everyone listening to this today to reach out to you rick um, i want to i want to spell your last name just so they know it's h-e-y-l-a-n-d yeah and it's pronounced Highland. Yeah. Yeah, just so they have that. So thank when they you. when they reach out to you via email. Well, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, you have a great energy about you. I love the way you carry yourself. I mean, you really do look young because you can tell you take care of yourself. And that's obviously part of your purpose. And that's that's shining through brightly. But you got a great energy. And I just feel really blessed to sit here and listen to your story. Thank you. Blessed to be with you. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, and again, thanks for having me on your podcast. And what's the name of your podcast? Let's throw CI that in for there. life. Okay. Continuous improvement for life. There you go. Check out his podcast. Yeah. I was on there. <laughs> yeah. You can check that out if you'd like, but, uh, thank you for tuning in guys. I told you this was going to be another great belief cast with an amazing person, Rick Highland. Please reach out to him. Check out his stuff. I love you guys. If you have someone, and I, I would say parents listening to this, if you have a son or a daughter who kind of feels like they don't know what to do, they're kind of aimless in life, this is, mm. this is the episode for them. And I think you should get them the book, Live Your Purpose. Check that out and maybe make it a family goal that you guys do this together. And it'll be a great way for you guys to connect and a great way for you guys to really start, you know, living your purpose, you know, and that kind of thing. So anyway, Rick, you're amazing. Thanks for being with us you're today. You're awesome. Thanks, Todd. Take care. Cheers.